welcome. This is the Dating Counselor Podcast, the show that takes you out of the dating game and into a successful relationship. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I'm a licensed therapist, and I am the Dating Counselor. Thanks for listening. So what does it take to create a successful relationship? Well, that is the question that I am out to answer in teaching you my new class, The Relationship Screening Method. Go over to thedatingcounselor.com, click under Courses, and learn more about this new course that I'm offering on a virtual platform that also comes with weekly live coaching sessions with yours truly. So that's again, go to thedatingcounselor.com, look under courses and look up the relationship screening method so that you can actually apply the method to then begin creating your successful relationship. Hello, I hope this finds you all doing well. I'm so excited that you are joining me here today. I am super pumped to talk to you about communication Oh, communication. It is one of those topics that I feel like you could just be like, oh, this is going to be such a snoozer, right? Everyone drones on and on about have good communication, be a good communicator. And you know what? Yeah, you're right. It couldn't be a snoozer of a topic if you feel like you've got it dialed in. But one of the things that I think is a very valuable trait to have inside of a relationship is being what I call a lifelong learner where you realize like, I'm going to have some blind spots, I'm going to do some things wrong. And I'm going to just try to work hard to become self aware and to work on myself. And notice how my personality, how my view of things affects other people for the better or for the worse. So in that sense, I think communication is a very, very important topic, because it's important for us to recognize the basics of it so that we can learn how to do better. There are a million and one books on communication. This is going to be a a topic that you can dive into at your own pace and you can find your authors that speak to you. So consider, consider yourself, you know, I guess just give yourself that permission to go ahead and dive into this if you feel like this is something that you need to enhance. And I'm going to be real. Everybody needs to work on this. I need to work on this. Sometimes I, I still... I'm aghast at how much I struggle with communication and I do it for a living. So take some responsibility, look at yourself and just think, hey, you know what, I need to be a better communicator and I'm going to do what it takes to work on it. So this episode is really dedicated to the very basics of communication and specifically tailored to what it's like to communicate in dating. When we communicate in dating, it's like our brain turns off. And we lose all of our abilities to speak and we just turn into this emotion brain and we get really mushy. And sometimes in order to avoid getting into that emotion brain, we don't let our emotion brain kick in and we just stay in that logical thinking brain. And really healthy communication is going to happen when both sides are working together, your thinking brain and your emotion brain. So let's start with the basics. There are four different communication patterns that I want to speak with. Passive, passive aggressive, assertive, and aggressive. Now, passive is basically characterized by not having an opinion on something, not throwing your your opinion out in a group, following 
along with whatever is happening around you and just kind of laying things low. Uh, this can happen because you don't have an opinion and you don't know what to share. It can happen because there's fear. You are afraid of sharing what's on your mind, maybe because of the people around you. Maybe you have very aggressive people around you. Um, and passive communication can really just put a wrench in your abilities to move forward in your life because you find yourself oftentimes um, just moving back and forth to what other people want you to do. And that is no fun. I'm going to spend a second and think about someone in your life who is a passive communicator. Um, if it's yourself, put yourself in that, in that driver's seat. But think about someone who is a passive communicator and what, what it's like to be with them. Let's say, for example, you've been on a date with someone who is a passive communicator and you say something like, hey, where do you want to go to dinner? What is their answer? I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, so then are they saying that to be agreeable? Or are they saying that because they genuinely don't care? Uh, it can be a little bit tricky, right? And so usually what we do is we take people at their word and we say, okay, they don't care. So then you take them to Taco Bell. If you're outside of the country listening to this, God bless you. Taco Bell is basically just a fast food place for tacos. It's pretty dang good if you ask me. It's an acquired taste for some. Uh, but let's say that you um, are there and your date is just really put out and fuming and they're frustrated and you don't know what happened. And the date just seems to just go poorly from then on. What happens is that this passive communicator then started punishing you for where you took them for dinner, even though they stated that they did not have an opinion. That is very frustrating because then you suddenly have set off on the wrong foot and there's no there's no really ability to recover because you did the right thing by asking the question, but the other person did not communicate what they actually wanted to do. Sometimes you can say, I don't know, where would you like to go? And let me, maybe some of your choices will help me narrow down where I would like to go. That's more of an assertive way in that example. So going back to passive, let's just read a basic definition. Passive communication is a style in which individuals have developed a pattern of avoiding expressing their opinions or feelings, protecting their rights, and identifying and meeting their needs. As a result, passive individuals do not respond overtly to hurt or anger inducing situations. So when you are a passive person and you are on a, in a dating situation, it can be very hard for attachment to occur. If you remember from my attachment podcast, one of the things that I talked about, attachment has to occur because sacrifices are made. And the person that you're with needs to understand what it, what it takes to make you happy. And if you go along with the flow all the time, not saying you have to be angry or upset, but if you go with the flow of the time or you never speak your opinions, then that person that you're with does not know what you need. And therefore, they cannot learn how to sacrifice and make you happy. Um, let's pause here for a minute and I'm going to tell you a story. Welcome back. So let's sit back and relax into one of the stories that I will tell you of how I 
I did not do well as a communicator. So I've been spending time with this man for off and on for a while. He lived in my neighborhood and he had asked if we could go out on like a adventure. Um, in Utah, there are a lot of adventurous opportunities. And one of the things that is a frequent date is to go on a hike. When you go on a hike, usually you walk on a trail and when you walk on a trail, um, there's just the foliage around and you enjoy the, the atmosphere that happens. Well, on this, I don't know if it was a date or a hangout. There, therein lies my first problem. Passive enough that I couldn't even articulate what that was. Anyway, this, this man wanted to bushwhack. He wanted to go off the beaten path completely. Um, but there also wasn't like a goal of where we wanted to get it was just enjoying the adventure of walking through the wooded area. And that was new to me. I had never done that before. I'm much more of a trail hiker. So I went, I went along with it and I found myself to not be very good at it. I got several cuts and scrapes. I, well, first of all, I, I didn't know this was going to happen. And so I wasn't dressed appropriately, which is not my fault. Um, and so I was getting hurt, I was bleeding, and then I just kept being like, I'm fine, it's fine, it's not a big deal, just downplaying the injuries because I really wanted this guy to like me. And for whatever reason, I felt like if I was just compliant and bubbly and upbeat that and went along with everything, that he would super like me. Well, by the end of the experience, I was exhausted, I was dirty, and I had a pretty, pretty long cut down my leg. To the point that I'm like casually, quietly saying like, can we stop at the store on the way home so I can get some band-aids? And the reaction that I got for asking for band-aids made me feel like I was a big sissy and a big baby and that was stupid. So I can see in hindsight why I was downplaying all these things because something as simple as asking for a band-aid was met with a little bit of like, wow, you're a baby. Um... Later in that, within about three or four days, I required medical attention. I had, I ended up having to go to an urgent care situation and get it like actually professionally cleaned out because it was pretty bad and it was on its way to an infection. Wow. What a story, you guys. This story goes on to a totally different avenue. Obviously, I'm not with that guy. Thank heavens. But think about, think about this. Think about the timeline of events that led me to getting medical attention because I wouldn't stand up for myself and I wouldn't say, hey, I'm not really a bushwhacking kind of girl. I like to go on a trail. This might sound fun to you. Great. You go ahead and bushwhack. I'll wait in the car and feel really confident in my abilities to say like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't care if you like me or you don't like me. I value myself enough to say like, no, I am not going to do that. I think that sometimes we get so interested in being loved and being adored that we really morph our personalities to the person that we want to like us. This was what happened to me. That is exactly what I did. I became passive, which I am not. I'm pretty fiery. And that led to a lot of hurt, physical discomfort on my part and and later down the line, emotional hurt because I was like, well, why isn't he attaching to me? Why doesn't he super like me? I've done everything that would quote unquote make him happy and please him. I'm, you know, I'm a bushwhacker girl now. <laughs> and obviously like that's not appealing um, because he needs, he needs 
to be with someone who's actually going to be themselves to find out if he likes them as who they are, not just this chameleon eyes. So lesson learned on that one, passive communication style, not helpful, can get you into a lot of problems. Let's talk about passive aggressive communication. One of our go-to styles of communication when we feel trapped. And oftentimes when we're dating, you guys, we feel so trapped. Should I text back? When should I text back? What should I say? How do I say it? What's the right way to do it? All of that makes us feel so trapped. And so we end up losing our, our abilities to communicate really well. And we shut down. This happens, just as a side story, this happens so much in online dating. We have this thing that happens to us where we just, it's somehow, because we haven't met them in the real world, it somehow gives us permission to avoid all of the discomfort of communicating with as our best self. And I just, wow, we need to work on actually communicating with our best selves and saying what we mean and using our words. So passive aggressive, what that means is it's a style in which individuals appear passive on the surface, but they're really acting out of anger in a subtle, indirect or behind the scenes way. Instead, they express their anger subtly by undermining the object real or imagined of their resentments. So I'm going to do a real basic example of this one because sometimes it can get a little bit confusing. Let's say you notice that the trash can is full and you say, oh my gosh, that trash can is so, so full. Like I'm so bugged with that. It stinks so bad. That's a passive aggressive way of trying to get someone else to take the trash out. Truthfully, someone could just say, yeah, the trash is really stinky. I'm so sorry about that. And then later the aggressive comes in when you say like, why didn't you take the trash out? I told you to. And they say, no, you didn't. You say, I clearly told you to. I told you it was so stinky. Right? Do you see that? Passively, like not really being clear with what you want and then coming back aggressively and being like punishing for something that they did not know they were supposed to do. It's very, very tricky. And it leads to a lot of problems inside of a relationship. Because generally speaking, we hold these resentments inside of us and the anger kind of festers and it makes us push away from our partner. And this happens in dating all the time. He said this in a text, she sent that in a text. It makes me feel frustrated that they said that. It makes me unsure about what to do. So I'm just going to hit them back. We're going to go into this loop of passive aggressive communication and it can get really old fast. And then therefore the relationship just deteriorates. Sometimes people do this passive aggressive things because they genuinely have fear. They have fear of intimacy. They make excuses and because they want to come closer to you, but then they don't and they start blaming you and playing the victim, kind of doing these things that are just pushing the relationship away and to the side. Passive aggressive behavior is something that will quickly deteriorate the relationship. And it's no fun for anybody involved. You need to figure out who you are and what you need and what you want in order to work through being a passive aggressive communicator. Let me say that again. You need to figure out who you are and what you want in order to stop, discontinue, aka work through being a passive aggressive communicator. Knowing what you want is sometimes a journey. You have permission to say, I don't know what I want. Let me think for a minute. Or can I tell you in this certain time? Or when do you need to know by? 
you can give yourself some space to figure it out rather than just being dodgy um, or saying no when you mean yes or yes when you mean no. It's very important that we understand that the words that we say are interpreted at face value, that that's what they mean. People are not should not be expected to constantly read the undercurrent of what is happening. On that note, let's talk a little bit about the differences between men and women. Women greatly value people in their lives, but especially their romantic partner, reading an unspoken cue or figuring something out that they didn't have to communicate and meeting an unspoken need. For example, it's a woman is sick. It's a cold day. She didn't have time to get her favorite beverage from Starbucks that morning. So she would truly value if her partner knew, oh, she didn't get her Starbucks and he had it sent over to her office and said, hey, babe, love you. Have a great day. That meeting that unspoken need would make her feel valued and loved and just like he is the guy for her. And if, if those kinds of like subtle things don't happen in a relationship, then sometimes a woman can feel resentful and start pushing away. And it can be really hard for a man because he'll say, if she would just tell me straight up, hey, I missed out on my Starbucks order. Will you please send it to me? I would absolutely do it. But how am I expected to read her mind or know what happens? And they're right too. One of the things that men value is clear, direct communication. They want to make you happy and they want to meet your needs, but they don't often know what your unspoken needs are. And so they can't meet them. It's my opinion that when you're with a partner over the, a period of time, that both men and women get better and better at reading and meeting unspoken needs. Because you know your partner and you feel really comfortable moving into that area and noticing those things because you've been together over time. So it's not to say that can't ever happen, but when you're dating and you're in those early stages of dating, holding somebody in, in punishment for not meeting an unspoken need, I feel like is really harsh. You have to figure out how to communicate what you need very clearly and then thank them for meeting that need. So just as a side story there about passive aggressive communication, let's move on and let's talk a little bit about aggressive communication. I feel like being aggressive is a pretty easy thing to understand. Being aggressive in your communication style, basically it's about you. Um, Basic definition, it's a style in which individuals express their feelings and opinions and advocate for their needs in a way that violates the rights of others. Let's think about people driving on the road. This is probably one of my favorite places to find aggressive communicators because I often feel like if you're an aggressive communicator, I'm going to see it on the road. It's not 100% all the time, but I'm going to notice that they're the people that are cutting people off. They don't care about other things. They may not be using proper turning signals. They're going faster and endangering the lives of others. These are people that it's about me. It's about what I want all the time. They do not care about other people. They think about themselves first and foremost. So going back to that trash can example, this would be someone that says, get off your butt and take the trash out right now. And if you don't, this consequence will be implemented, so to speak. 
And that can be really hard because it just violates, let's say somebody's doing their homework or let's say that somebody is doing something that is important to them and they need the space and time to be able to take care of that. But they have to stop all that they're doing in order to be compliant with the aggressive person's needs. Super harsh. If you are with an aggressive person or you are an aggressive communicator, I want you to be very careful. Generally speaking, people that are aggressive in their styles of communication and their behaviors don't have longevity. Longevity is something that we're looking for if we are going to be with a partner for a long time, such as in a marriage. If they don't have longevity, it's not in your best interest to pursue a long-term relationship. You need to be aware that this relationship will most likely be short-term. You also need to be aware that this person is not going to be considering your needs all the time. They are going to be putting their needs first. And you need to ask yourself, is this the type of person that I want to be with and to trust my secrets with, my vulnerabilities with, my time with? Is this somebody that I want to build a life with because this person is going to make life really difficult because, again, they struggle with longevity? So something to consider when it comes to an aggressive communicator and being with an aggressive communicator. Um, Let's take a break here and we'll come back and we're going to talk about being assertive. Okay, let's jump in and talk about assertive communication. Assertive communication is characterized by you win and I win. It's a win-win type of communication. And it's a way of being able to say my needs matter and your needs matter. So basic definition, assertive communication is the ability to express positive and negative ideas and feelings in an open, honest, and direct way. What it does is it allows you to open up dialogue with your romantic partner And it allows for both of you to be able to express what your opinions are, what your thoughts are, and what your feelings are. One of my favorite couple of phrases, couple of ideas to start an assertive type of conversation is to say, hey, I just wanted to check in. And then you list your idea or whatever you wanted to check in about. Or another thing would be to say, help me understand. Help me understand why you relate today. Help me understand what happened with that experience just now help me understand because what it does again it invites you to say okay I want to hear your perspective and your opinion on that rather than jumping to that aggressive side which is why would you do that I can't believe that this is my interpretation of the events and I'm really frustrated with your choices you could learn from them oh you made that choice because you were concerning You were concerned about safety or you were concerned about something that I wasn't aware of. Thank you so much. And then it changes the way that you approach things and hopefully prevents a fight, right? Uh, So assertive communication has a lot of advantages, but sometimes it can be a little hard to figure out. Let's really just weigh in on the advantages of it so that you get the idea of why you do it. First and foremost, it allows for you and your partner to each have your needs met and to be meaning the need of being heard to be met, which can reduce anxiety. It can reduce avoidance, meaning that you're not looking for separation from each other. It also increases your self-esteem because you feel proud of yourself when you communicate how you really feel and what's going on. It's going to help you as a couple and as an individual work towards whatever you have as a goals for your for your relationship. 
And it really helps you to just, I think, provide the mutual respect and the empathy that each person deserves. You're giving it to yourself and you're giving it to them. Now, there's there's going to be some hard things. I mean, obviously, it's not always going to work out. Just what you have to say isn't always going to be what people want to hear. But your presentation, hopefully, is done in a way that allows people to say, like, okay, I may not like what they have to say, but I appreciate that they said it. Uh, that can be a whole other podcast, right? So let's just, let me just give you a couple of tips for considering assertive communication. First and foremost, I want you to just consider, like, looking at your your partner, giving them your undivided attention, your phone is put away, their phone is put away. If that's not possible, you ask and create a time for that to, to happen. Um, you're going to give them your undivided attention. You're going to look at them. Some authors suggest holding hands. I'm a little on the fence with that. I think if you want to go for it, if not, whatever. I think your tone of voice and like the warmth in your face and the warmth in your tone is really going to indicate what you want out of the conversation. So you you have to look ahead at your goal. What is it that I'm trying to get out of this conversation? Most of the time, what we're trying to get out of the conversation is connection. I actually want to be closer to you at the end of the conversation. But yet what we do is we do all this protest behavior and we throw up all this fuss that all it does is say, oh, I do not want to be closer to you after this conversation. So think about that. If your goal is to have connection with this person and to get closer to them, your words matter and your tone and your presentation matters. Sometimes I think when we don't exactly know what we want to say, but we kind of know that there's a problem. We can start out by saying, I need to have an exploratory, explore, excuse me, exploratory conversation about what I'm feeling because something feels off. And hopefully your partner can be present enough to, to say, oh yeah, I felt like that too. Let's go through that or whatever it might be that you can kind of explore what's happening until you get down to the nitty gritty. One of the tips I would also provide for being an assertive communicator is that sometimes sitting down face to face can really heighten anxiety and you might need to be doing a com- having the conversation while there's something else going on. Like maybe you're driving in a car, maybe you're doing an activity that's fun for both of you, that you can still talk and still give each other the attention, but that you're not going to be so focused on the stress of it all that you, you create more problems through the events. Meaning like maybe you're driving in the car, maybe you're having a nice dinner. I think everybody communicates better if they're fed and if they're not tired. (laughs) Think of the time of day that you're communicating and think about maybe how that could be influencing the outcomes of the connection. Just a helpful tip. I personally find that I always want to debrief at 11.30 p.m. at night. Without a doubt, my husband will be ready to go to sleep or her already be asleep. And I'll say, I would like to share my feelings with you. And he will be like, please, please stop. He's gotten to understand that if I need to, and I'm very clear, like, I'm really sorry, but I really need you to talk to me about this for a couple minutes, that he will absolutely jump in. He will give me that. And I, and I to him. Um, but there are other are times when it's going to be like, you know what, honey, you got to table that. I, I have to take care of me. And right now, what you have to say is important, but you know, you even, you know, this can wait. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know that it can. So these are just some kind of ideas, examples about what you could do to, in order to be an assertive communicator. 
I want to tell you about a time that I actually was an assertive communicator. At least you think that I have absolutely no dating skills. <laughs> I was dating a really, really sweet man and he and I were getting along really well. We were noticing differences in our personalities and kind of the way that we process some things that were important to us. And we would take breaks and we would process through that and we would talk about it and then we'd go out and we'd do some fun activities. But then we, we kind of kept circling back to these differences and in the way that we we lived our lives in the way that we chose to live like our daily lives, our daily routine. What it ended up coming down to was both of us realizing, you know what, we're not really a good fit for each other long term. Yes, we care about each other. We find that our company is enhanced by each other's presence, but really going long term just isn't going to work. And so what that conversation looked like was literally both of us looking at each other and saying, you know what, like, I really super like you, but we're just not a good fit long term. And I wish you the best. And what an interesting breakup, so to speak, that was what an interesting way to, to change the course of, of that relationship from being like, oh, we're going to just try to make it fit or act like it's not happening to just both of us openly acknowledging, hey, we're not really a good fit for each other. And we really should just let each other go and move forward. Talk about a healthy breakup. That's really my philosophy that I give to all of my clients is try someone on for a fit. If you're not a good fit, let each other go. Give each other love and light and send each other out into the world and say, hey, I've appreciated your time. Don't be this ghosting person. So ghosting is when you just completely drop contact. Things are going one direction or another. And then you just decide, I'm not going to give this person the integrity of good communication. I am literally just going to walk away and ghost them. What this does is it really perpetuates in our society this belief system that we are allowed to treat each other like garbage. And it hurts. People are on the other end of that. And it makes them go into their head and say, was that me? Am I not enough? Am I not cute enough, smart enough, rich enough, funny enough, whatever, fill in the blank, but am I not enough? And if I'm not enough for this person who I didn't really feel like it was going that great, I must not be enough for other people. And it just compounds poor self-esteem and really more of that uh, distancing from dating and distancing from partnering. I was reading an article recently and it was talking about how even with all of the avenues that we have to meet people and to date people um, that are available to us today with all the increased technology, how there's even more disconnection that is present because of all of this hit and miss with dating. You could have, you know, 10 other people in queue that you swiped on. So why do I need to give this person my time and attention and my best communication? I think if you really want to get somewhere in dating, aka to the other side of it called married, well, I should back down to the other side of it called an unhealthy exclusive relationship that may or may not lead to marriage. If you want to get to the other side of it, you have to start with having integrity in your communication. You have to figure out what it is that you're doing with your communication and be able to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm actually going to get create some good dating karma and use my words. One of my favorite phrases I learned from the Bachelor franchise, and it is, we are not a romantic connection or thank you for your time, but I do not feel a romantic connection. I think that's a very nice way of letting someone know that you think that they are a wonderful human being, but you do not feel a romantic connection with them. And it allows them to know that you do not want to be with them. 
and it provides closure and it allows you to let go and move on yourself. I think that there is a lot of baggage that we have hanging around us with dating, um, the ghosts of dates past that can really impede us from being able to put ourselves forward in, in a good situation with dating and just kind of perpetuates the crappy dating cycle. And then one day we wake up and we're like, what happened to me? I really thought this was going to be the year I was going to get into a healthy relationship. And yet here I am. I've been ghosted for the 25th time. Well, how many people have you ghosted? Um, bring your bring your communication style into the dating arena. Bring your best communication style. And if you don't know what that is, get it figured out. One of the basic books that I super like for learning how to communicate is called Crucial Conversations. Everybody reads it for work. It's a good one. But the point of it is to communicate when stakes are high. And stakes always seem to be high in dating because we've got so much emotional charge connected to it. So if you can look through that book, get some tips, that's a good place to start. Again, it's called Crucial Conversations. It's very basic, good book. You can even get it on Audible. Let's take a break here and then I'm going to wrap up with some final thoughts. I just wanted to share some final thoughts about communication and really specifically in communicating with others about being single, which I think can be very hard and carry with us a lot of pain. And sometimes I think so hard that we avoid situations where we know we're going to be asked or, oh, heaven forbid, we actually could bring someone with us to disguise the fact that we're single and make it look really mysterious and then suddenly drop them afterwards like I'm going to bring you to my family reunion and then not talk to you or come over to my house for dinner so that my great aunt won't ask me why I'm, why I'm single but no I'm not actually really interested in you oh, so annoying so let's actually practice using our best words to explain why we are single I recently came across a really great Instagram account called Provo Dating Advice. I don't know who runs this, but whoever you are, give me a holla. I really like your account. She or he made a post and this is what they said. Stop feeling sorry for yourself because you're single. It's a waste of time and energy and truly does no good. When you feel sorry for yourself, others will feel sorry for you. Do you want your family to express their stress and worry for you because you're single? Do you want a friend to tilt their head and say, Aw, I'm so sorry. Don't worry, you'll find someone. Of course not. It's annoying and it makes you feel worse about being single. So respond confidently and reply in a way that lets them know that you don't feel sorry for yourself. Our value isn't based on whether we have someone or not. You have a purpose outside of dating. Do not make the mistake of putting off your goals or anything you want to do in your young life because you're waiting around for marriage. And I will add in your old life. <laughs> marriage will find you along the way. If you are offered an international internship, take it. If you want to do that Disney college program, do it. If you want to go to grad school, go. Don't turn down opportunities because you think, but what if my future husband or wife is here and I will miss out on meeting them? Instead of laying around, putting off your life, and wishing you weren't single, take this time to focus on yourself and just enjoy life. Like, preach. Love this. Love, love, love this. So maybe what you could try to do this next time is come up with something that you want to say. 
Sometimes a tiny bit of vulnerability will get people off your back by saying something like, yeah, I'm dating. I haven't quite found someone, but I'm really enjoying the search and the drama. And I'm also doing this other thing like with my life, um, AKA this great job or this, um, great Netflix series. <laughs> we have the art of communication and and we can lead the direction that we want the conversation to go. If you dodge, that makes people more curious. I think a tiny bit of transparency and honesty will help people to know who you truly are and you won't miss out on that authentic connection, but then you also don't have to be a thousand million percent transparent with what's going on in your life. So take some time, practice what you want to say and get good at it. People used always assumed that because I was single it was because I was obsessed with my career and in reality, I just kept doing my career because I hadn't found someone I wanted to marry. And so I didn't hesitate to make that correction. And I would say, no, yeah, my, my work life is super fulfilling. Um, I am dating. I haven't found someone that I want to be married to forever with. So I'm going to continue to date and I'm going to enjoy my career along the way. What's going on with you? Tell me what's going on in your life. And just get the conversation flowing. Like I'm not going to be ashamed of being single. That's I'm not mad about it. It's just how it's happening right now, folks. So that is communication. Um, give me a follow on at Lonnie K Harmon, LCSW on Instagram or at Lonnie K Harmon on Facebook. Lonnie is L-O-N-I, and this has been another delightful episode of Building a Successful Relationship. Hope you have a fabulous day. Thank you so much for listening to the Dating Counselor Podcast, where I help you build a successful relationship. It would mean so much to me if you could rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast so that we can change the way dating is happening and everybody can have a successful experience. If you do, please send me a screenshot. I would love to see your review and share it on my social media. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good one. Peace and blessings. This podcast and the social media associated with it represents the opinions of Lonnie K. Harmon, LCSW, and her guests to the show. The content here is intended to be psychoeducational and should not be taken as specific mental health advice. The content here is for informational and educational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your mental health professional for any mental health questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are her own and that of her guests to the show. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Privacy is of, is of utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect client confidentiality. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapist-client relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast, please send a message to Lonnie at Lonnie 
at millcreek-counseling.com. That's Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at millcreek-counseling.com.